So it's a matter of getting that first video to get traction. And then once you get traction on that first video, you double down on that and just make a bunch of spinoffs, which is exactly what we did. And that's exactly what I'm doing on these channels. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Credit. Today, we have somebody on the show who is doing really big things. Okay, this guy is making over $50,000 a month on YouTube, okay, through 15 different YouTube channels. This is not a business model that I'd ever come across before, but one of you guys who's listened to the show shot me a DM on Instagram, said, you gotta get Chase on the show. I said, I don't even know who Chase is, but I looked into him and this dude is doing some huge, huge things. He's 20 years old. He's making over $50,000 a month, up to $70,000 a month right now on YouTube through these different channels. It's, it, it's, it's a very interesting business model. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And if you're looking to grow any sort of significant social presence or really just start monetizing on any social media channels, this is really going to be a valuable episode for you. And if you're looking to get into the YouTube business model side of things, this is one that not a lot of people are talking about. And Chase really knows his stuff here. He's got a system down to the T that he uses to build, scale, and monetize these channels. Um, so you're not going to want to miss this episode. And without further ado, we're going to bring Chase on to young smart money all right chase welcome to young smart money how are you doing today doing well how are you i am doing fantastic so chase is somebody who you guys heard in the intro he's doing some really really crazy stuff on youtube um so i really want to dive into this right off the bat and just get into what you were up to over on youtube so if i'm not mistaken you run what you call cash cow youtube channels yeah, so that's more appealing. Essentially, they're delegation channels. So I have like editors, script writers, commentators, graphics designers producing the content. One of the channels, if you want to look it up, is simply Fortnite. I'm running about 15. Um, 15. Simply Fortnite, I have a partner on me and Michael run that. And then I have 14 other channels as well. I don't disclose most of them. And reason being is just because obviously people will straight rip my content. So yeah. don't want to mess with that. But yeah, so simply Fortnite is one of them. If you guys want to search that up, then I run 14 others. And predominantly, I'm making channels that are in high CPM niches. So on YouTube, most people get about a dollar per thousand views. Mm -hmm. I'm going out there and I'm specifically, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on these channels and on different niches. So I've found what niches advertisers pay the most on and I'm going in and creating channels on those niches to capitalize, to obviously make the most money possible with the least amount of views. 100%, man, that's wild. When did you start this? Like when did you start making YouTube channels like this? Uh, about three years ago three years ago. And how old are you right now? 20. You're 20. Wow. That is wild. So over three years, you built up 15 of these channels. Yeah. So most of which aren't profitable, uh, about a third of them are profitable. So most of which started recently and three years ago, I wasn't making money. That's when I started. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I ran about 15 of them, most of which started recently because I've just started making like a lot of money for the past year. Uh, anywhere from like 50 grand a month, you know, sometimes December was my best month at around 70. Wow. And, um, so I'm reinvesting a lot of that money and I've started a lot of new channels, most of which, like I said, aren't profitable, but I'm fine with that because I'm essentially planting those seeds for the long term. And I don't care if they don't make money for five, six months because the ones that are profitable negate the ones that aren't. So it's essentially just planting those seeds for the long term. hundred percent. So take us back to day one. What made you want to start a YouTube channel? And was it the first channel, was it something with your face on it or was it one of these delegation channels? No. So the first one I was producing the content, it was just like gaming content, call of duty, whatever yeah. I was producing the content, got it to about 80 K subscribers. Then I converted the channel. Um, it wasn't making a lot of money even at 80 K subs. Hmm. Um, but I essentially converted the channel and I had someone that's when I started delegating. So once I got to 80 K, I gave someone equity in the channel. They hmm. started producing the content channel blew up, like took like four or five months. It started making like 15, 20 grand a month. 
And ever since then, I leveraged that income to start more channels. And then obviously here we are today. Mm, 100%, 100%. So what gave you the idea to bring somebody else on? Was it just like you saw other people who had more expertise than you? Um, it was that I wasn't that good at making videos, to be honest with you. I just really wasn't that good at it. So although I got to 80K, yeah. um, I thought getting someone else on board would honestly expedite the process just because if I, I, I found someone who was better than I was, mm -hmm. so I just, yeah, I thought that would work better and it did. All right. So you got to 80K, you took this guy on, he was really boosting your, your channel views, your, the money you were making. Um, when did you decide to start that next channel and, and what made you want to like scale this up even more than just one channel that was already making you a significant amount of money? Um, so honestly, like at the time when I first saw, so I was like 18, when I started making money, I was making like 20 grand a month. Yeah. And at the time I thought it was crazy good money, but after like five, six months, it was still great money, but I knew there was a lot more potential. I saw that there was people making four or five, $600,000 a month on YouTube and there's people making more than that. So I was like, you know what, if I want to get to the real money, it's going to be hard with one channel because mm -hmm. unless you do what like phase rug or Logan Paul or Ryan's toys review, unless you have a powerhouse personality channel yeah. that you can leverage for merch and sponsor deals and stuff. It's very hard to actually get to those serious numbers. So instead I took the route of just starting a bunch of channels. Mm, 100%. So, so was it really just like the, the next channel that you started, was it also in the gaming niche or did you expand out it from wasn't. there? It was, I'm trying to think the second one was, I think it was in the, to be honest, I'd be lying. I don't remember what the second one okay. was because when I started the second one, I started multiple right at that same time, but I'm pretty sure it was in the celebrity niche. Okay. Although I don't remember hundred percent. So I can't say. And was that second one fully outsourced from the get or were you very involved with that? No, that was fully outsourced from the get. I had the money from the first channel to actually go ahead and start that. So right off the bat, when that channel started, I had a worker on board producing the content. Solid. So did you have, were you like setting up systems the entire time with your first channel so that you could easily replicate this? Or, or what did that process look like from, from migrating to one to bring on a bunch of different channels at once? Um, it, so it's not necessarily systems in place. Like some people think there's like programs you use to get views on YouTube. It's not like that. I no. mean, that doesn't work. Um, there's an API on the site and if you're botting or like trying to use any type of like root system, it's just not going to work. I'm sure. In terms of like systems in place to running the whole like process. Yeah. Yeah. So I was essentially schedule uploading content. I had a system in place where I have, I still have this pretty much the same system in place. Obviously it's refined a little bit, but I have a Google doc for each one of my YouTube channels. And instead of going in and manually sending in one video by one video idea every single day to each creator, because mm -hmm. some channels I have one person that works on them. Some channels I have three, four people working on them, depending on the channel, depending on the content, depending on multiple variables that go into it. So, um, yeah, essentially I have a Google doc with a month's worth of video ideas. So literally instead of me having to go in and manually sending in a video every day, they, the, the content teams already know what content's supposed to be done. So they could go ahead and get ahead of schedule or if they do stay on schedule, it doesn't matter. I'll wait for like a batch of videos to be sent in and then on the weekends, I'll just schedule upload for the week. So it really doesn't take me a lot of time at all. Um, it's, like running these channels is really not that time consuming. But you're still the one that's coming up with the video ideas? That's correct. Okay. And is that just through keyword research? You just know the market so well by now or, or what is that looking like? Uh, I say keyword research is a big one. And then also, yeah, I mean, since I've had skin in the game for so long, I could come up with some stuff myself. hundred percent. And then are these people that you've brought on, are you giving them equity? Are you paying them a flat rate? What does that look like? Flat rate. Ever since the first channel, I did flat rate reason being is because the equity in the long run kills you. If you end up making a lot, obviously if you're in the position where you don't have a lot of money when you're starting, you have no choice, but at this current point, um, it, it only makes sense to play flat, uh, pay a flat rate. 
obviously sometimes you will have workers that aren't great. I've dealt with like a lot of workers that just half-ass their content and whatnot, mm -hmm. because if you're paying them a flat rate, they know what they're going to be paid. So some of them will just, um, they won't care. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of uh, going through a lot of workers trying to find people who are actually good and then not having a lot of uh, turnover. That's another thing as well. I don't have too much turnover because I pay them pretty well. Mm. Got any tips for finding good people? Um, I would say like there's websites like upworkfreelance.com. You could obviously cold DM people on Instagram. You could go on Twitch, find live streamers. Obviously, you don't want to message people who are already making a lot of money. If you go on Twitch and you message a streamer who's already making like five grand a month, they're obviously not going to work for you unless you offer them more than that. So it's, it's finding like up and coming potential and um, yeah, just giving them a pretty good offer. And it's, you don't want to message two or three people. You want to message like literally a hundred, 200 people. So that's what I do whenever at this current point, I don't have to message too many people when I start a channel just because I've literally cold emailed, cold DM, cold message, probably 1500 to 2000 people over the years. Mm -hmm. So I already have a backlog of people who I know are interested. So that helps significantly. That's, that's wild, dude. So are most of these channels like repost channels or are most of them like someone's no, actually sitting down? So none of them are repost channels. A lot of people think like compilations and uh, mm -hmm. like re-uploading content is like a good route to go and I have a lot of people that message me saying like, oh, or so are you doing Creative Commons? Uh, you really can't do that. Like three, four years ago, you could have done that. You could have done compilations. You could have done all that kind of stuff. But now YouTube is more strict than ever. So you either have to have 100% original content or you have to have content that's uh, transformative in nature. Other than that, you literally won't be able to monetize through AdSense. So unless you do compilations and then you promote like a merch site or something like that, mm -hmm. you literally won't be able to monetize um, like compilations or re-uploading people's content. You just, you won't be able to make money off of it. Wow. And I mean, that's something that a lot of people think is, is a big opportunity right now. And it's very trending on YouTube, but I, I think it just like the longevity of things, it, it makes more sense to actually be producing original content. Definitely. But a lot of the thing is the problem with a lot of people nowadays is they just think of like instant gratification. They don't want to work for the long term. hundred percent, hundred percent. No one's willing to put in the work. Everyone wants to make the money. So, uh, something that I'm, that I'm curious about as well is, is how do you, um, what do, what do you really bring to the table to these creators? Like when you reach out to somebody and you're like, Hey, I want to start a channel. I want you to be the face of it. Like other than the money. So, so is it, yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your pitch to them looking like? It's, it's the money. I mean, a lot of people ask me, why would they make the videos for you if they could go make their own channel? Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm not contacting people who are already cash flowing. Mm -hmm. I'm contacting people who are probably making $40 a month, if that, on their YouTube channels. You know, small, small creators, freelancers on Upwork, on freelance, whatever, on these other websites. And, um, you know, these freelancers or these creators on Twitch that are up and coming, they're not making money now. So if they could go ahead and get 750 bucks a month off the get, um, a lot of them will do it. Yeah, obviously not everyone's going to be interested. Mm -hmm. Not every single person I message does it. But at the end of the day, you will find people that are interested because uh, a lot of people would rather get paid today than have to work seven months and potentially risk not making anything. So That makes sense. That makes sense. But like, what do you see in a creator that's only making $40 a month that makes you think that like, okay, if I bring this person on, they actually have the potential to create a big channel as opposed to like what they're doing right now? Well, there's a lot of good creators that don't get a lot of views because they're not good at marketing. The problem mm -hmm. is like most people on YouTube, they're like a one man show. So they're essentially doing the editing, the commentating, the script writing, the uploading, the optimizing, the marketing, the lot more than just that. I mean, when you're a one man team making a YouTube channel, it's a full time gig that takes so many hours. 
that's why I do, um, that's why a lot of the clients I work with where I help them set up their own YouTube channels, they want to do the same thing I'm doing with like content delegation. Um, so, uh, wait, I lost my train of thought there. What was the question again? Um, what, what's, how do you, how do you find the potential in people? Oh, so I'm essentially looking for people that can edit and commentate. Those are the main two skills I'm looking for. Mainly editing. Um, commentary is very important as well, but editing definitely is number one. Cause if someone's like good at editing, usually they have like a good work ethic and they have like, um, they're going to produce like good content. That's a very interesting thing to pick up on. And I really wouldn't have thought that would be the first place for you to look. Yeah. So are you, are you doing all that yourself? Like scoping out next upcoming talent or is that, is that out I, just, well? I do hire some people to do it. I do it sometimes myself, but like I said, I don't really have to that much. Sometimes I will. Um, like this week I'm buying a lot of channels. I'll, I'm probably spending about 10,000 this week on buying just bigger channels. And so I have someone who's literally going out there just finding up and coming creators for me, um, for those channels. But for the most part, when I'm starting a new channel, I don't have to do that. Um, just because I already have a backlog of people, but sometimes if I'm buying a really big channel, I want to make sure I find someone who's like very, very good to work on that channel. So yeah, that's another thing. A lot of the channels I'm starting, I start, aren't starting from the scratch. I'm actually buying pre-built channels. Hmm. What does that process look like? Um, it's essentially going out there and finding channels that, um, you know, already have an initial subscriber base. Mm hmm and I'm buying them and just converting them. So I don't care if the channel is uh, a makeup channel. I don't care really what it is. If it has an initial subscriber base and it has a decent amount of initial views per video, the view velocity, that's like one of the most important variables on YouTube is view velocity, the views you get within the first 24 hours of uploading. If it has a good amount of that, um, then I'll purchase the channel. Really? Like, and, and you'll convert it to a different niche? Exactly. I mean, depends if it's already in a good niche, then no, but that's never, that's yet to happen to me once yet. It's always in like a random niche or like a different language or something like that. Really? And, and, and are you still able to get significant views on that? Because I would think if a channel has got a hundred K subs in, in makeup and you convert it into a gaming channel, you, you would think that that would have some kind of impact on the, on the traction that it's getting. Yeah. In the short term, it definitely does. hundred mm -hmm. percent. They don't blow up initially but by any means, but I convert them. Um, for instance, like me and my partner converted the channel. It was, um, I think it was a movie channel okay. like list channel. And we converted it to gaming and it took probably about four to five months to start getting traction. But once we started getting traction, we doubled down on what works, weed out what doesn't. And then the channel blew up. So it's a matter of getting that first video to get traction. And then once you get traction on that first video, you double down on that and just make a bunch of spinoffs, which is exactly what we did. And that's exactly what I'm doing on these channels. It doesn't happen right away. Initially, the channels actually like really get hindered in the algorithm. Yeah. Obviously, that's not what people subscribe for. So they're going to click on the videos and click right off, which will drain the audience retention, which will make it so the videos pretty much have no chance of performing. But that's that's for the short term. Eventually, those viewers will just unsubscribe the ones that are doing that. And the ones that have some slight interest will stick around. So it is a process converting the channels. By no means does it like do they blow up first or second month. But it does, uh, it does happen. Hmm. hundred percent. So when you're starting a new channel, when you're converting a channel, how do you come up with video ideas? Like, like what are some of the strategies you use to find effective keywords or what are some of the effective strategies that, that our listeners could apply if they're trying to start their own channel? Um, I'm looking like for, I'm basically going out there and I'm looking for whatever already is garnering views. Okay. 
So if it's already garnering views on YouTube, I'll go into that category. If it's not, typically I won't. So I'm, I'll literally go in and just like look at the top performing YouTubers this month or the last few months, see what they're doing. Um, and if it's working for them, it'll work for me. That's how I look at it. Mm, 100%. So you're not reinventing the wheel out there. You're really just seeing, okay, this has worked for this person. I'm going to make my own version of this or, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So when you, when you decide on a niche, what, what does that process look like for you? Like what makes you pick one niche over another? Is it really just something you've learned over time? Is it you want to find somebody who's already creating good content in that niche and then find a channel for them? Or what is that looking like? Uh, basically looking at whatever niches yield the highest CPM. So whatever niches pay the highest per thousand views, I'll go in and I'll make a channel based around that. And I will um, just hire a team and get things rolling off that niche. Hmm. Okay. So you go for the niche first instead of the creator. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, first I have to set up the channel. Yeah. A lot of the times when I'm hiring a creator, they want to obviously see a channel that they're going to be working on. So if I say like, Oh, the channel's not ready yet, they might be skeptical and be like, wait, is this legit? So yeah. I like to have a channel already ready to go before I actually get in the creator acquired and everything. What is, what do you mean by ready to go? Is it just like sitting there with no videos? Do you like get some content created for it or, or what does that look like? No, just at least have a channel that has like okay. a logo, a banner and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't have to have videos on it, but the creator wants to see like, okay, is there a channel that I'm going to be posting on? Like they at least want to have some sort of gist of what they're going to be working with. Hmm. hundred percent. Now, are you driving any paid traffic to these channels or is it all organic, just viral video growth? So sometimes, um, not too much paid traffic. I have a large network of friends on YouTube that have sure. a mil to two subs all the way up to 10 to 15 million. So a lot of the times we'll go ahead and cross promote, mm. which will give ourselves like more initial views. Um, there's a thing on YouTube called the community tab, which will yep. take advantage of that. We'll community tab um, our channels and that works very well. And um, I also have a 2 million network on Instagram. So sometimes I'll post like story swipe ups on some of the accounts to promote them. But I've noticed on Instagram, it's very hard to get viewers to translate over. Um, so yeah, not too much paid traffic. If I do, it'll be like some Instagram story swipe ups on some other accounts like YouTube or fan pages and whatnot, mm -hmm. but mainly just cross promoting through my YouTube network, like the people I'm friends with. A hundred percent. And how important has your network been throughout this entire process of you growing this online business? definitely like super like super imperative um like you are who you surround yourself with so by me being around people that are you know making two hundred thousand a month forty thousand a month whatever the case may be i see that i see that potential and because i'm around it i know it's possible and so i know i'll do it myself so being actually involved with a group of people who are like doing big things and have like the same ambitions it helps significantly how'd you find these people was it just like cold DMing or what? No. So we're basically on a discord server. So there's like a discord server for like a, like some of the top YouTubers like Allie and Mr. Beast. Mm -hmm. Um, just, uh, I'm wondering, I'll see some other names on here. Just some, just some pretty big YouTubers and we're all on there. So I met most of them through that discord. And then some of them I just met like while I was in the come up of YouTube, they were doing similar content. So we just like ended up stumbling upon each other and then went from there. Dang. Yeah. It, it, it's so imperative to have a network of people that you can associate yourself with that can really help you get to that next level. And honestly, that's one of the biggest differentiators that I see in a lot of my guests is like they were surrounding themselves with those people that were pushing them to do more and to be more. So I think that's, that's so, so essential. And just again, surrounding yourself with those type of people is really going to help you. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent.
Um, so, so moving on to Instagram for a second, you said you had a 2 million network on Instagram. When did that start happening? So I started like, growing accounts just for fun, like probably a year and a half, two years ago. Okay. And um, I grew a few accounts up and then I just started buying other accounts. I started just, I wasn't even making much money off them. I was just doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, but I was just growing a bunch of accounts and then I, I was buying a bunch. So the, like the Harry Potter account, Ron Weasley, I bought that. Uh, it had about like 60K followers. And now it has, I think, like 240K or something like that. Dang. Um, then I bought like a Walking Dead page. But most of the pages I did grow from the get. But at this point, I just have workers running them. Um, I grew them like off the get initially. But um, it's too time consuming to have like 15, 18 pages. And I'm starting more and more. I'm hiring more and more people. I just hired another guy this week to run another three to five. He's running three accounts. Wow. I have another guy who's running four accounts. And then I'm, gonna, I'm looking to hire someone else to run five accounts. And it actually doesn't cost that much to hire these people to run these accounts. So at this point, you know, just to spend, whether it's going to be a thousand, two thousand bucks a month just to have people running accounts in the background, I think in the long run, it could pay having just like a five to 10 million network. Um, I don't really care if it makes money now, just having that for the future or whatever. Mm. And it's social proof too. A hundred percent. Just building up those assets over time. Yeah. So you've also started like teaching other people how to do the stuff you're doing on YouTube, right? One set. My bad about that. No uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I essentially, I have a partnership program and a mentorship program. So I mentor people one-on-one, -on -one. like I do coaching sessions. And then I also have a partnership program where people pay me to actually partner with them on a channel as well. Dang, that's solid. When did you decide to start scaling into the teaching side of things? So like for the last probably two years ever since I've actually been starting actually making money on YouTube. Yeah. I'm doing it for three, but really didn't start making money for about till about two years ago. I was just like wasting a bunch of time because I was making a lot of money, but I wasn't doing the work I was delegating. So because of that, I had so much free time and I was just killing that time, like playing video games, just sitting in discord calls with friends. Instead, I could have been using that time to make more money. Mm. So I essentially decided to do it because I saw there was more money to be made. Um, and obviously uh, it could help people as well, which it has helped a lot of people. 100%. You ever thought about making a course or you like doing the one-on-one -on -one yeah, stuff? So I, I am going to have a course in a few months, but what I'm going to do is um, mentorships and then upsell the course. And I'm still going to do the mentorships as well, but yeah, I will probably have a course in like two, three months, I'd say. Mm, 100%, 100%. Like the one-on-one -on -one stuff is great, but I would assume, dude, you're, you've got to be a busy guy. You've got to be taking a lot of these calls. Um, so, so finding some kind of scalable way to do that's got to be, got to be big. Yeah, no, exactly. And I charge a lot. So like a lot of people ask me why I do it. I mean, people offer me three to 400 bucks for an hour. And like I'll decline that all day. Like I won't do that. Mm. Um, I charge like a thousand bucks. So at that it is worth it. But um, yeah, so that's why I'm doing it. People ask like, oh, wow, if you're actually making 50 grand a month on YouTube, why would you do that? I really wouldn't for three to 400 bucks. I have so many people offer and they can like attest to that. But it's the fact that for a thousand dollars, I'm definitely down to get in a call with someone and show them the ropes at that point it's actually worth my time 100 percent, 100 percent. so what does your day-to-day -day typically look like just pretty much schedule uploading on youtube uh speaking to workers starting new channels coming up with like new channel ideas looking up like other niches to make channels around um speaking to workers i have like a lot of workers probably 12 to 15 at this point Jeez. so like speaking to them um, if they ever have issues, sometimes the videos will get claimed, they'll have copyright issues. So dealing with that, 
um, growing my personal Instagram, posting stories on there, responding to DMs. Yeah, I would say that's, that's pretty much it. So pretty busy, pretty busy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any like processes that you implement to sort of block your time out or, or what is that looking like? Are you kind of just like running from place to place? Um, what do you mean by that? Like, like, do you delegate like Monday is just for this or like my mornings um, are just no. for this? No, 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 I don't really do that. I don't really have like a, a set day for each thing. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. All right. I want to hop into some of the questions that I like to ask all of my guests. Are you feeling ready for it, Chase? Yeah, yeah that's cool. I want to ask you some questions too, because we never got to speak before the call too much. <laughs> I like, I like when the guests turn it around. So yeah, we can get into that as well. Um, the first thing I want to ask you, we can go back and forth actually. So I'll ask you one. You can ask me one. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, perfect. So the first thing I want to ask you is like, what are you excited about right now? That can be something in your business, something in the wider realm of, of business, of your life. Just like what's something that you're genuinely excited about right now? Uh, right now, just getting up to like a million dollars a month in income. Uh, my business is growing a lot right now. So I say I'm making 50 grand a month, but these last few months, it's honestly been quite a bit more than that. Um, a million a month. That's absurd, dude. No, that's not, how much that's not how much I'm making. That's no, what I'm I, saying. I know well, that's I'm, not net, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to make. I've never made close to that. My best month yeah, yeah, December, yeah. I made around 70. Um, and obviously that's before workers. So when I say I'm making 50 grand a month, bear in mind, I'm reinvesting a lot. So $10,000 a month, I'm spending right back into the business on workers. So it's still a lot of money. The margins are crazy. If I wanted to, uh, my margins would be way higher than that. But the fact of the matter is I'm reinvesting. Exactly. So, yeah. But no, so my goal is really right now just to focus on getting to about a million a month, uh, just starting a bunch of new channels, growing my Instagram coaching business, the partnership business, and everything like that. Uh, that's the main thing I'm looking forward to because I think I'll be there within a few months, maybe four or five months is what I'm aiming for. Solid. Solid. Dang, dude, that's, that's huge. Dude. You're setting those big goals. You're setting those big goals. Dang. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you. So I saw you run another Instagram page, if I remember correctly, because I'm pretty sure that's how I found you. Is it like the Napoleon Hill page? No, I run Investing Simple. Oh, okay. Maybe I got that mixed up. Okay, Investing Simple. So do you have someone running that for you or do you run that? No, I run that. Okay. And that account, does that um, – so that's what I wonder. Like the business accounts, a lot of these business pages, mm -hmm. do, they, do they generate like good income? Um, you don't have to give exact numbers or anything, but like do they generate quite a bit? Yeah. So I mean – uh, with that page in particular, we're monetizing it. So I'm not the owner of it. I just manage it. The owner um, has a blog. Like we're, we're, we're basically business partners, but he has a blog that I don't really mess with um, that, that he monetizes that on the back end. He's got a YouTube channel that he runs on the back end. But on the page itself, we're selling shout outs. We're making um, a couple thousand dollars a month off shout outs. Okay. That's not bad. No, it's, it's nothing huge, but like it's, it's decent for just People message you, you tell them how much it is, they pay you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. Um, the next thing I'm wondering about is what habits do you have that have served you well? Uh, it doesn't sound like you have a ton of structure in your day, but do you have any things that you do on a routine basis that have, that have helped you get to that next level? Um, yeah, just doing, just working consistently over time. So I don't have like an exact structure every day. I mean, I kind of do, mm -hmm. um, but just a lot of people will do a lot of work in small spurts of time but it's, it's much better to actually do less work incrementally consistently over the long period of time. Just most people don't do that because most people pick something up two or three months, get no results. Then they put it down. Yep. So just actually sticking with it and continuously working at it. Um, that's definitely one of the biggest things for me. And then 
obviously there is, there is sometimes where you want to quit. Like there's something called sunk costs where a lot of people will oh, yeah. invest a lot of time and energy into something and money into something and they never want to give it up, even though it's a horrible concept, it's a horrible business, it's a horrible, whatever it is. Um, you know, they will be three years into a YouTube channel that's not getting results, but they've sunk so much time, energy and money into it that they want to just keep doing it. And it doesn't make any sense, but they do because of the actual time and monetary investment they have into it. Mm. 100%. It's like a, it's a sort of like a cash 22. Yeah. I mean, when you're throwing good money after bad, it's, it's just not a good place to be in. And sometimes you really just got to sit down and be like, all right, it's time to cut my losses. Even though you have sunk like months into something, it's just not worth you pursuing it right now. Exactly. All right. Floor's yours. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad. so in terms of, um, is Instagram right now your predominant business or is, or do you have like something else, um, on top of that? No. So my main thing is the podcast, actually it's a top 100 business podcast. So it's getting a lot of traction lately. Um, and really just monetizing that on the back end. So I'm doing a couple of joint ventures right now. going to be launching a couple courses in the next few months. Um, so yeah, it's mostly just back end stuff on the podcast. To be honest, Instagram's really just a side thing. And what's your main way of actually promoting the podcast? Uh, Instagram through the network that I have on there. And yeah, it's pretty much just Instagram. Okay. Yeah. But like once you know the, the algorithm and like what Apple podcast wants to see, it's really easy to take advantage of. And it's really easy to like boost your rankings pretty quickly and get a lot of traction. Oh, so is that where you're getting the majority of traction from is Apple or Instagram? Well, I'm driving people to the podcast hosted on Apple podcasts, but through Instagram. Yeah, I get you. But you're saying, so you're ranked top 100 oh, on Apple yeah, podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then using that to boost. Being ranked there? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like once you get the ball rolling and then you get ranked, then, then it just boosts and gets exponentially more and more and more. Who runs the number one? Who runs the number one? It, it fluctuates right now. I'm not actually sure who's number one. It might be Ed Milet. Um, it's definitely not Gary V. He's up in like top five though. But yeah, it's, it's somebody, it's somebody who has a big name. Okay. All right. Next thing I'm curious about is what content are you consuming? If any, so you're, you're creating all this content, all these different channels. Are there any books, podcasts, YouTube channels that you are uh, consistently consuming? Um, yeah, I watch a lot of like Grant Cardone, Already mm. uh, Mindset. Oh my, yeah. 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 He's really good. So I, I'd probably say the main ones, Grant Cardone, um, for sure. Ty Lopez sometimes value tame it, but definitely, yeah, definitely Grant Cardone the most by far. hundred percent, hundred percent. He's got some good value there. <laughs> so yeah. So my question, who are like some of the biggest guests you've actually had on the podcast? Biggest guests. I mean, I guess it depends on what metrics you want to use. Uh, one of my earliest guests was uh, Chelsea from the financial diet. They've got like at the point of interviewing her, they had like 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, at this point, I'm sure they're up to like 700 or so. Um, so that was probably the biggest like YouTube subscriber count. I interviewed Josue Pena, who's got a couple million network oh, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, he yeah. kills it on Instagram. Yeah, I actually met him recently at uh, the ClickFunnels event. Oh, I should have gone to that, yeah. You should have gone to that, man. It was, it, was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Met him, met Kevin David, um, some other big guys in the space. So yeah. Just, yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of really cool people. It's interesting. What's, what's something you do in your business that isn't inherently scalable? Because it seems like a lot of what you're doing is very like, like mass, you could, you could mass produce it. Like you, you find this system, you put it into place and you have the processes to like make it grow. But like, what do you do that has like the, the, the chase touch? Like, what do you do that's, that's very specific to you? 
Uh, that's not scalable would be the calls, the coaching yeah. calls, because I, I'm trading my time for money at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, maybe I won't do them. And if I eventually, maybe I'll just charge more. Like Grant Cardone, I think he used to charge $10,000 for 30 minutes. Now he does the coaching sessions for $25,000 for 30 minutes. So right now I'm charging about a thousand. The calls typically take around an hour to two, but in that hour or two, the client's getting a ton of like information and value. So that's why they pay that price, obviously. But eventually, like if I, when I'm making like say 600,000 a month, it won't be worth my time to do a call for a thousand bucks. So that will, I'll either have to do two things, just completely disregard the calls and not do them at all or raise the price drastically. So that's probably, the, that's the only thing I'd say I'm doing right now that's not scalable. Mm, 100%, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so um, in terms of Instagram, do you think that, because they keep on cutting organic reach, have you noticed that? Oh yeah. So do you think they're going to self-sabotage like Facebook or no? I don't know. They're definitely moving down that route. I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I'm still optimistic. I'm not, I'm not like thrown in the chips yet because I mean, it's still growing. There's still a lot of people there. There's still a lot of attention that you can do a lot of stuff with, but yeah, organic reach is tough and you really just gotta, you gotta just keep playing the system. Like I'm always changing stuff up and really just trying to see like, all right, this really isn't working right now. What can I do to change that up? And for me, it's just a lot of experimentation and just, just rolling with the punches. Cause like they set the rules, you got to play the game. That's my philosophy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually do have to head out cause I have a phone call right now. All right. Um, perfect. Well, Chase, where can our listeners go to find out more about you and what you are up to? Just Instagram at Chase Namick, C-H-A-S-E-N-A-M-I-C. And that's probably the best line of contact. If you want to contact me just through Instagram DMs or anything like that. All right. Uh, perfect. Yeah, I will link that up in the show notes below. Chase, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate you choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. Um, Any last words of wisdom you got for our listeners? No, that's about it, man. I definitely appreciate your time though. All right, man. Take care. Have a wonderful day. You too. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this latest episode of Young Smart Money and got a ton of value out of it. If you did, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. It only takes about five seconds. If you're walking the dog, if you're going to the gym, pull that phone out of your pocket, press that subscribe button, and uh, drop us some love in the ratings and review sections as well. Those really do help the podcast get in front of even more people and helps us get even more amazing guests on the show. And I do read each and every one of your ratings, reviews, message that you send me. Uh, they, They really do impact me and the show and show me exactly what you want to be seeing here on Young Smart Money. So again, do not forget to drop us a rating, review, and subscribe over in iTunes. And guys, have a wonderful day. Take care. And I really do appreciate you choosing to spend your time here with us on Young Smart Money. Have a wonderful day. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.